isn't it deep enough to forsake the secularity of Christmas for the holiness of it? The reason is as mysterious as the reality that Jesus is always coming. Not just to Bethlehem, not just at Christmas, but always coming. Suddenly, without warning. And in this Advent 2017, we must be awake. We must be alert. We must look around at the current chaos that is our country and God's world. The dominant powers and principalities, the dark forces that are circling dangerously close. Is Jesus coming as deep as that? And is Christ's power up to the task? Each year, New York City's Metropolitan Museum of Art displays a soaring, majestic Christmas tree bedecked with glorious angels. The tree stands watch over a small but exquisite 18th century Neapolitan nativity scene. The beloved figures are all present, the Holy Family, the shepherds, the Magi, the lowing herd. There is in this familiar setting, however, one startling difference. For its backdrop, backdrop, this activity has a giant mural of the Roman Empire, and at first glance, it is carelessly dwarfing the nativity. Yet a second, closer look reveals the mural's decaying ruins, Rome's crumbling columns and temple, all pointing to the new reality in the context of Bethlehem. Rome, a mighty dominant culture of the day, falling, rendered powerless. Awake sleepers, be alert. It is as deep as that. Advent awakens us to present time mixed with end time, life with death, alerts us to the surrounding darkness, yet there is living hope in the center, radiating light as glowing as a tiny babe in the womb, but alive, as delicate as baby Jesus in the manger, but alive, as vulnerable as a man on the cross, but as alive as the one who rolled back the tombstone. Alive. It is the prophet Isaiah's promise. From ages past, he said, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, O Lord, who works for those who wait for him. Shall you and I wait on suspenseful tiptoe for the true God to come? And what will Jesus find when he does come? Unlike our Boston thief, Jesus isn't interested in accumulations, be they transitory objects or our daytime slick presentations for life stage. Jesus is disinterested in our visible-to-the-world efforts, only embracing visible-to-God ones. 
seeking the heirlooms of our souls, valuable enough for him to die for them. Jesus asked that our personal security systems be dismantled, and he lovingly waits until we least expect his coming. We least expect his presence in those moments when we most need for him to break through our pitiable, crushed defenses, sudden illness or death, crashing finances, broken childhood memories, fractured families, pervasive loneliness, or challenging transitions. He waits for us with love at those very moments when we are our most broken. Don't be surprised, says God. It is these events that can serve divine purpose. Not to punish, never that, but to bless by once more elevating our hearts, our minds, our souls and bodies to his coming. Yes, O oh Lord, you are our Father, says Isaiah. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Even in our most disastrous moments, the potter can take the clay of those moments and form it into a sacred vessel. Restore us, O oh God, hosts, says the psalmist. Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. Give us life that we might call upon your name. The prophet Isaiah's language is razor sharp. He declared, O oh God, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. Such apocalyptic words sound like they are trying to frighten us to death. But truly, they are intended to awaken us to life, and life victorious and eternal. Be alert. Be awake. Be conscious of the complete picture of God in salvation history, shout the prophets. Every Sunday, we state this and how true it is. The full Eucharistic proclamation, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again and again and again. Look around. There are signs. Not signs that tell when he will come, but signs that tell us he will come. Can we determine the time? No. Because Jesus said in today's gospel, on that day or hour, no one except the Father knows. But what you and I can determine is that we are given this time, our only time to live sober and righteous lives, waiting for the one whose words will not pass away, who continuously brings light incomprehensible into our human darkness. Whatever God chooses, whenever God chooses, however God chooses, Jesus will come. Mountains will be brought low, and valleys will be exalted. Streams of living water will refresh the parched land. 
That promise should be enough to keep us poised on the very pinnacle of Advent expectation. Be awake, be alert to that for which we pray. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come on glorious clouds descending into our expectant hearts prepared for you. Amen. Susan has asked that I announce at this time that this is Tom's and my last Sunday with you. And I think of the reading from Corinthians that we heard earlier on. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. For you are full of his riches of glory in Christ Jesus. And what a privilege it has been for us to serve in several different ways, particularly in the Counseling Center of St. John's, which offered not only psychotherapy, but also spiritual direction. We are humbled by that. And Susan, I want to thank you for the extraordinary opportunity of being here in this capacity. So we're off to Boston, where we started in 1980 and raised five children there, three of whom still live there. So we are coming home. I know you think the accent is from South Boston. <laughs> but in actuality, we work on our R's and say we know how to pack the pie. <laughs> Just give us half a chance. So I will miss you. Tom will miss you. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts.